0: Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Mbakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. The Bible is at the One, two, 16. If you're there, say my amen. amen. Mm. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Verse 7, which is our verse for the month, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Set an example, though, for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves or yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to sit at your feet. Everlasting Father, speak to us. Strengthen us as a minister today. Fill us with your spirit. Jehovah, you've promised us that your spirit is power. And when we are weak, you're strong. And so Jehovah, strengthen all that are weak in your house today. As we hear your word, Jehovah, may the spirit of God overwhelm us to fruitfulness. Help us to be productive, King of Kings, not only in your house, but even at our workplace and especially in our homes. We bless you and we thank you today. In Jesus' name we have said, Amen. Amen. So guys, um, this, this season is weird, especially with the onset of the Israel and Hamas war. Um, one, that, one of the things you get a lot as ministers in this season is, Pastor, what's your take? Who are you supporting? I <laughs> I, I'm not on either camp. <laughs> Amen yeah. Amen yeah. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> You're lucky like, you I don't have a voice today And so I am not in any camp And please don't come asking me the question Because I will not give you any But what I know about this season Is It has been predicted in scripture Christ of the end of times. And he said something in the lines of wars and rumors of war will happen. And so guys, wore war bad, wars will still come. My only prayer for you is that you believe that Jesus is coming. Amen. It's alright. Jesus is still coming back and I hope that you will find him ready. This is what we've been talking about in this season. The disciplines help us to produce fruit. Fruitfulness, so that when the Lord comes, he finds us ready. If you're not reading the scriptures, maybe you'll not be found ready. Because how will you even know that this is the Christ that has come? In the last times, in the end of days, many will say, I am the Christ. And many who believe will be deceived. And so I think that the deceiving will come simply because you're not ready. You're not disciplined. And so, guys, I urge you by the mercy of God. Keep watch, is what Jesus said. Be alert. That in translation, you simply discipline yourself so that you're ready. I shared this, I think, a couple of times, a couple of weekends back, maybe last month. Nick, I like my Christ. do Don't why, I just like I don't box. I don't the to energy. I think you can see by my car. But when you go into the gym, you can't. You can smile. You can see what I'm going to do with bridge. What Mike Tyson said is actually something that really encourages me. He was asked, Buddha, what's the difference between training and the actual fight? Which one is difficult? And then he looks at the guy, and then this is the young Mike Tyson. And then he goes, it is actually the training. The fight is over in seconds. And if you know my Tyson, I mean, he never went past G around two or three. In seconds, Alikome could knock out and he's done. And he said, the difficult part of boxing is training. And I said the same thing I said last month, guys. The difficult part about the faith is spiritual discipline. It is not easy to read the word of God. It's very difficult. The first time I tried it, it was someone to ham. I said, I'm done. The second time I tried it, I was like, I, I, I need a plan. No wonder they have a plan for the gym. You know? No wonder whatever you need to do and you want to succeed in, you must have a plan. I remember when I was at this is years back, this Mirendo, hmm. so, I was like, So because I was like, hmm, I plan. I'm not going plan? plan on any DC. this. Hmm. This year, I'm not continuing any further than that. And I remember the rest. So uh, you plan, and so that's spiritual discipline. It is tougher to train than to fight. Trust me, you actually assume that it is difficult when Christ was telling the devil, "At the, uh, it is written. No, that was the easy part, because you know what's written. The difficult part is finding that it is written, knowing. And so guys, I will mean, encourage us to understand, be spiritually disciplined. Look at the disciplines and angalia, take a a stock of yourself and ask yourself, okay, what do I need to do? Am I doing well in reading scriptures? Am I doing well in prayer? Am I doing well in fasting? If you're not, I urge you by the master of God, please, be spiritually disciplined. That is the way we will conquer the enemy. Amen? Unfortunately though, what we know is some of us, even, I hope not, but maybe just even here, I like, but passing, this thing is taking too long. This morning at Christ a Jesus is going to come back, and we will see him in the heavens. So what are you talking about? The stories of aliens in the US are a hoax, pastor. What do you mean? If that's you, I want to remind you that in the book of Ezekiel, guys actually said the same. If you remember when you're reading about the prophets, one of the things we said was, the prophets were told to remind the children of Israel of the oncoming captivity, to warn them of it. He was said, things are thick if you don't turn your hearts to God. Most of the children of Israel do not believe. And so, in Ezekiel chapter 12, let me read for from verse 21-28. God is addressing those that don't believe. That have even started making fun of the prophets, saying, You are saved. Come on, what are you talking about? The word of the Lord came to me, Son of Man, what is this proverb you've had in the land of Israel? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. That's what they said. At him say to them, This is God saying. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to put an end to this proverb. They no longer quote it in Israel, saying to them, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. There will be no more false visions or flattering divinations among the people of Israel. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will. It shall be fulfilled without delay. For in your days, your rebellious people, you rebellious people, I will fulfill whatever I say, declares the sovereign Lord. The Lord of the Lord came to me, Son of man, the Israelites are saying, the vision you see is for many years from now. And he prophesies about the distant future. Therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. And if you know the story of the prophets, captivity came. Babylon came and swept to the land and took the guys to captivity, just like it was promised. Every prophecy in the Old Testament happened. We are waiting for the prophecies in the New Testament and they will happen. We are living in the very last of the last of days. Amen? Amen. But what I like about this issue of the war in Israel, whenever I hear this war in Israel, I go straight to the Bible. I, 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 I'm a designer, so I like seeing stuff, and so I remember the wars in the Bible. Obviously, I remember King David, and he was immense. The guy was ignored by his father. When the prophet came and said, God has called one of your sons, he was never displayed. But then God chooses this man, a man, the Bible says, that was after the very heart of God. But even with that, (laughs) Buddha had issues, you know the issues David had. He was not loved by his father, and so he had an issue with the women. loved them. And the Bible says. The Bible. The Bible. The Bible says that his sons were very handsome. One of his sons, Absalom, the Bible says, had the hair that was the most beautiful hair in the land. Lady's hand. This was a, a dude. Like he was so amazingly pretty. The Bible calls him he was a beautiful man. Which tells you all these women. <laughs> David had issues. He went and took his. his <laughs> he went and took his best friend's wife. Boy, Wake. And if you know the story of David, he found his boy when he was down. You know those boys that you grow with, you know, then you get to a beautiful place, and then now one of, one of you becomes the president of the king, and then you call him into the... Yani, that dude. And kill him. And then God still calls him the man after my own heart. That's David. I like his story. Love. One of the most favorite books I love reading the scriptures is 1st and 2nd Samuel. It is like a move. <laughs> if we had money to get a Genesee, he would say, I'm an Amagan. Mm. David was so wicked at one point that pride filled his heart. He was very prideful. The Bible says that at one point he goes and picks, uh, you know, counts the army, the number of army he yeah, had, because his army was bad. When Kuala was one of the guys went and he chased a lion even into a pit and killed it in the, in, in the pit. This guy was so just one. So one day, Buri Kamshika kind of count the number of people he had in his army. But what he forgot or what he overlooked was the fact that the only time you're allowed to count the army is when you're going to war. And so God punishes not him. Mungo Li this guy. He punishes the children of Israel, and he killed seventy thousand of them. But <laughs> this was the man after the heart of God, and so in this season we're going to give to And I always even wondered, and I know sometimes you think, okay, with all those issues, how is he at a man after the heart of God? One of the questions I wanted to ask us today: Do you do you actually think? Do you believe if God looked at you today? Will he say this is a man or a woman after my heart? Anna, you're not somebody that is after the heart of God. Like God can testify of you. I know you have his spirit, but what is his testimony over your life? One of the reasons I think he's called the man of the heart of God is he knew and loved God genuinely. David loved God. Anna. And you, you only need to just read the Psalms for the son, his love for God. Do you remember those letters we wrote? High school? Oh, okay. Oh. Guys, so young man, that's your macho. I'm seeing you very well. I will approach you after service. We wrote those letters well. Ah. I don't I don't remember writing, but I remember being beaten because of girlfriends. So yeah. skumbuking memory. Memoriaku is very selective, amen? David's writing about God in the book of Psalms tells us that he loved God. Guys, do you love Jehovah? Do you love him? Because if you don't, he will struggle. You will suffer. You will suffer immensely. Psalm 27 says the following, yeah? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hey, last week the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear this is david speaking the lord is a stronghold of my life of whom shall i be afraid one thing i ask from the lord is only do i ask that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the lord and to seek him in his temple Hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Allow that for us. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is somebody who loves the Lord. The moment you are writing that the Lord is my salvation, you know that you can get no salvation anywhere apart from him. Do you love him? That is a man after the heart of God. David loved him. David always consulted with God before going for war with other nations. If you read through the book of Samuel and part of kings, you realize every single time before you went for war I consult? Do you consult God before all of your kids? Armour God is step number four. Or five. Oh, there is no consulting. What are you going to do? do you consult him? That is being a man or a woman after the heart of God. He is number one. That was David. David always is a good one, dedicated all plunder that he got from the wars to God. All of them. Let me read for us. 2 eh? Samuel 8 1 12. In the course of time, David defeated the Philistines, subdued them. He took Methag, Amma, from the control of the Philistines. David defeated the Moabites. Moab, David defeated Hadadeza, son of Rehob, king of Zobah, when he went to restore his monument at the Euphrates River. David captured a thousand of his chariots, 7,000 charioteers. 20,000 foot soldiers. He hamstrung all but a hundred of the chariot horses. When the Arameans of Damascus came to help a king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 of them. He put garrisons in the Aramean kingdom of Damascus, and the Arameans became subject to him and brought tribute. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. Imagine that. Is that your testimony? That you have victory wherever you go because he's number one. Verse 7 David took the gold shields that belonged to the officers of Hadadeza, brought them to Jerusalem. From Teba and Berothai, towns that belonged to Hadadeza, King David took a great quantity of bronze. When Paul, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated the entire army of Hadadezer, he sent his son Joram to King David to greet him and congratulate him on his victory in battle of Hadadezer, who had been at war with Tau. Joram brought with him articles of silver, gold and bronze. King David, verse 11, dedicated these articles to the Lord, as he had done with the silver, with the gold, from all the nations he had subdued. Edom, Moab, the Ammonites, Philistines, Amalek, he also dedicated the plunder taken from Adadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. David dedicated all plunder is that your testimony of the things that you own? Things that your hands can do? Places you believe God has given you excellence? Do you dedicate it to the Lord? Have you given your all to him? And I'm not saying you become poor. Akbana, because David was one of the wealthiest kings in the land of Israel. Do you dedicate it to the Lord? Apostle David is also believed that gave the sword of Goliath away to the temple. Remember when he killed Goliath? And the sword that he used, he used Goliath's sword to cut off his head. Remember when he killed him? Later on, when he goes running away from King Saul, the Bible says when he gets to Amalek, I think it's Amalek, he goes to the priest there and says, I have nothing to fight with, nothing. I need something to help me because me, I'm, I'm, I'm running. And then the priest tells him, hey boss, the sword of Goliath is here. It was brought to the temple. It is actually believed it was him that gave it because he was the warrior that killed the guy. So the plunder was his. Guys, do you dedicate your victories to God? How much is your victory? David dedicated his gifts to the king quickly when called upon. Remember when the king was looking for somebody to play the harp and somebody just mentioned, hey, hey, hey imagine there is this boy. He's one of the eights. He was like, hey, there is this guy who plays and he plays very well. And so, let's call him. And so whenever the spirit overwhelms you, the negative spirit, he's not a David served the king proper. And every time the spirit, the spirit came upon Saul, he played the harp. Even when he was asked to be a soldier of the nation of Israel, he served diligently. David gave his gifts in service to the people and to God. That is a man after the heart of God. Do you know your gifts? Are you using them to serve God and His people? David did. David was quick in repentance before God, proving he was an open book before Him. Guys, are you quick to repent when you've done something wrong? Do you go before the Lord and say, Jehovah, Abba, and He say, Apa? David, hey, in Apa, this one, no. He. Then Liangalia Zana and Kafkiriya and Nikama to back to the creator. Hey Jehovah, that one. Yo, it's not right. You know? How is your heart in terms of repentance? Do you repent quickly? David did. And look through scripture every time. The Bathsheba one, quick. He went before God and was like, Imagine I'm a bunny, I'm sorry. When he was told Jehovah, uh, boss, both you counted the army and that was wrong. I will punish the land of Israel. Jehovah, have mercy on my soul. Guys, if there's something that can really connect your heart to the heart of God, always repent before him. Take a stock. Remember the discipline of journaling. Take a stock of your day. What did you go through? What did you say? What have you done? Now you can drive because drivers drive us. We can Go <laughs> before <laughs> <laughs> And Jehovah The beautiful thing about Guys He still knows you are human Does not excuse him But just genuinely go before him Consistently Amen To my David was number one He knew and loved God genuinely Number two King David loved the temple of the Lord. He loved God's temple. Ah, Ujama. Do you remember when he brought back the Ark of the Covenant and was dancing in his linen clothing, resembling the priest? He loved the temple of the Lord. Psalm 84. This is a different by King David. How lovely is a dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are forever forever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs; the autumn rains also cover with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on your shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. This David. I would rather be a law keeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does it hold from those who work, whose work is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. King David loved the temple. Do you love the house of God? Am ah, this a a, a bother? ah manzi. zanzibar, zanzibar beach. Ah You know, I come at four a.m. coffee, coffee. You can see, 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 you you can see, you can see, you can you can you can see, you can you you In terms of loving even God's people, do you love love the house of God? One of the best ways of looking at how you love the house of God is do you serve in this house? In whatever way, sometimes even incognito, David loved the house of God. He purposed to bring back the covenant, remember? The first time he tried to bring it even failed. And then tried again and succeeded guys, do you love God's house? Those who love God's house are the ones whose hearts are after God. David even wanted to build God a permanent house on earth. Remember? He said, Jehovah, how can we be worshipping you in tents at the temporary structures where you are the God of the universe? And God tells him, hey, God, what you're trying to do is amazing, but I can't let your bloody hands Wash. wash, Make a house for me. And by bloody I mean blood. See I'm not swearing. Amen. Yeah. Bloody hands. Huh? Hey. I'm saying bloody hands. <laughs> his hands were bloody because he was a man of war. He had killed many. And so the one that had to create the temple before God. Was his son. Amen. No Jehovah. David gave vast wealth to his son King Solomon to build the temple of the Lord. Your love for the house of God will be shown by how much you give to God in this house. I'm not saying big givers that you have the most love. But remember the lady who gave two copper coins. God said she gave out of the abundance of nothing. That is what God looks at, the amount. There's a guy who called us once and said... Pastor, we are sending a check in a different church of 8 million shillings. Please, and I think I've given the story before. Unfortunately, they don't attend church. One called us and said, I've just made 500 million shillings. How much am I supposed to tie I A be of 50. What? <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, now I've just done this deal. 500 million shillings came. How much am I supposed to tie What they were actually asking was Can I give just maybe one One M Guys Do you give your all to God And I'm not trying to say Go sell your fridge and bring the money to the house of God But how's your heart In terms of giving to Him? David gave vast amounts of wealth Let me read for us 1 Chronicles 29 1-5 King David said to the whole assembly Now this is when his son is about to be king He's almost ordaining his son in the kingdom. He's giving him directives on what to do. My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because his palat- this palatial structure, the temple of the Lord, is not for a man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources I have provided for the temple of my God, gold for the work, silver for the bronze, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for on the settings. Takwas stones, various colors, and all kinds of stone and marble. All of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything, I have provided for this holy temple three thousand talents of gold. That's one hundred and twelve tons of gold, one hundred and twelve thousand kilos. Of gold. 7,000 talents of refined silver. That's 262 tons of silver. 262,000 kilos of silver. For the overlaying of the walls of the buildings. For the gold work, for the silver work, for the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing, David asks, to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? David gave all of him that plunder that he was taking from the enemies. He brought it and gave it to the Lord for his work. And he wasn't poor. David was a rich man. It is actually believed that according to modern day calculations, the 112 tons of gold, 262 tons of refined silver, is roughly 20 billion dollars in today's terms. 20 billion dollars. Any billionaires in the house. David roughly gave 20 billion dollars to the construction of the temple he gave it from his heart, it was not a boastful thing 20 billion dollars he loved the temple do you love the house of God? Number three, David loved people, including his showing love to his enemies. David showed love to his enemies in a major, major way. He was a great friend to Jonathan, the son of King Saul, who wanted to kill him. To the point the Bible calls a friendship as David moons, it was greater than the love of women. He loved this dude. When there's a bond dudes have. And ladies can attest to this. When we have a bond, we have a bond. DC to High School. Even ladies have tried. See, yeah, There are stories. You can find out maybe in heaven. Hallelujah. Ladies have tried. men have a bond that is just on another level. David had that, with Jonathan. David loved and shepherded his men. Who he got when he was in distress? The Bible talks of a group of men when he was being chased from Saul. That were discontented. Men, the Bible says, were in distress and in debt. That's a thing 1 Samuel do. He finds them when he's running away for his life. David loved others. He loved them. A whole chapter later, these are the mighty men of King David. Beniah, I love that guy, who killed lions. And it's amazing that what David did as a young man, killing of lions and bears, is the same things his men are doing as his mighty men in his army. It's fun, fantastic stuff. He loved and shepherded his men to greatness. Do you have guys that you bring into greatness? especially in the Lord, ladies. The Bible says the older ladies, five younger ladies to mentor. Same with the men. Are you walking your children through? How are you just giving them things? There's a difference. One of the things I used to really hate, is my dad telling me all the time, I only had one shot, one shot, I only had one shot. It was very clean, very clean. So I used to purpose, I will never have one, Mm, one side. But that's the wrong thing. Because my dad also told me, if you ever see a lady in booty shots, we will see <laughs> <laughs> I have, you're okay. If I ever see you in booty shots, I'll ignore you by then. <laughs> and it was a lecture. Guys, are you giving your children things I'm a wisdom for life. What are you doing? If you give your children wisdom for life, you're probably a person out of the heart of God. Especially as concerns his word. They showed love and mercy to his main enemy, King Saul. Though having opportunity to kill him twice, he spared his life. The Bible records, your enemies chasing after you with Legion of Nini, army people, commanders, and these guys. And you get an opportunity twice to kill your And he says, ah. First summer 24, 5 to 7. After David was conscience stricken for having cut off the cord of his robe. So he finds King Saul at one time. Almost kills him. Because idea, amen. And then he goes very stealthy. Yeah, this guy was a man of war. And cuts off the robe. The market is idea Maybe men are time concentrating on one thing and one thing only. Finish the business. business. And then he cuts off the rope. And imagine even cutting off the rope, what am I doing? He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed." Or lay my hand on him, for he is anointed of the Lord. Imagine your enemy, that is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Each one of you has somebody that you really, really dislike. You probably hate them with all of your heart, for the atrocities. They were allowed in your life. If you had an opportunity to destroy them, what would you do? <laughs> what do you do Bona, when your enemy is in your hands? I remember once I went for an interview. I was ambassador, And I went to the interview, sat there, in the, car, the guy was Israeli of all things. And then he looks at me, looks at my CV and says, hey, dude, the CV is very nice. You have some good experience. That's what we need." Then he tells me, your CV is bogus. I'm like, "Well, I just? I'm an MBA, we're not going to think of anything on this. And so what you're quoting, I'm going to give you of that. And I was like, well, things are thick up. What do I do? So I refused the job. Later on, I like, Yeah, dude, is this comment that annoyed me. He said, it doesn't matter what you've done. I was like, "Eh, no, it does, it does matter. I was like, it doesn't. I know you think you've done something by working outside of the country and getting very high positions, but it means nothing. And so, I don't care. This is what you're offering the table, take it or leave it. Uh, me and my ego. I was like, now fast forward. I'm with Mrembo KQ. Flight to coast. My car, a very nice position. And God placed me in such a way that I was able to see everyone that was coming in. I don't know how. I was just concentrating on guys coming in. Lo and behold, the same gentleman on Niyambi is doing, oh, I see him. It's like, hey, do I go and say hi? Niyambi, up on your <laughs> What do you do when your enemy's life is in your hands, Guys, be very careful. I remember that they just went, ah, ayya, kumbe. Life happens. Guys, what you do with the life of the enemies in your hands will either prove to God whether you are after his heart or not. David twice had an opportunity to kill his enemy. And he did. Even mourned for them. When they died, remember, he cried. mourned for the guy who was only to kill him. Saying he was the man of God. And look how pitifully he died. That's a man after the heart of God. And this is one of the most annoying scriptures ever. Matthew 5. This is what Christ says on the subject. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes His hand to rise on the evil and the good. Sends on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect therefore, as the heavenly Father is perfect. That's a man after the heart of God. I'm not sharing my like of David, but I realize that in this guy's life, his heart towards God, his heart that God loved, a heart a man after the heart of God lies the next spiritual discipline. This is a discipline of stewardship. David is a steward. Ah, this girl is a steward. A steward has been defined as a person employed to look after or manage another's property. In the biblical context, we can leave it. we can't leave it there. You know we always assume stewardship is just of things. I'm supposed to be a good steward of money, good steward of the things I own, assets. Like even in a workplace, stewards are like managers. Be, because young things are in order. But a famous scholar defined a steward as one who utilizes, manages resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. I I thought didn't think this. Christian stewardship regards the obligation of Christians in managing and utilizing intelligently the gifts God has given them. How do you manage the gifts He has given you? That's stewardship. It's not just things, it is a spiritual gifts as well. Because as a child of God, you can't just say, Amenipea nyumba. Uh-uh. He gave you his spirit fast without gifts. How are you managing? Those will tell how good a steward you are. The Christian steward is not only responsible for the financial blessings provided by God, but also the spiritual gifts given through the Spirit. God wants human beings to be stewards in the work of creation, redemption, and sanctification. Stewardship then must govern our relationship with God, just like we've seen in the life of David i think and believe stewardship begins with you how you manage you King david did that perfectly he loved the lord god of heaven with all of his heart all of his power and his might he loved him i hope you love god it must govern our relationship with god the giver of all to be stewarded stewardship must get to the created people as well. It must involve others. It just it, it, I stopped to the meme that hey, I love the Lord's house. I'm a great steward. It goes to others as well, how we relate with others. David loved others. He loved the son of King Saul. He loved his men and trained them to greatness. Stewardship then gets to the things that God gives. So it is God and how you work with him. It is the people and how you manage them and how relate with them. And then it is the things finally. We can never define ourselves as good and policy as if all we do is steward things well, but fail with people. David managed the planner very well. He managed his people very well as well. We can't call ourselves great stewards of, God created, uh, of God's created people, but fail in our relationship with God. Some of us are very good with people, but when you look at your meter with God, Iko, you call all your friends on a daily basis, but you're doing very badly on prayer. Yet you claim to know Him. Apple then you're not stewards. Stewardship must include God, His gifts, His people, His church, His things. His blessings upon us. It is across the board. That's the spiritual gift, spiritual uh, discipline of stewardship. But did David do well on all the fronts? I think he did. And not just him, by the way. If you look at Abraham, Abraham did well. He was a good, great steward. Joseph, remember? Joseph, even after two Mouko, he goes and says, This was not because at the Mulipanga. This is God showcasing His glory. Ruth, Mordecai, Esther, Job, Daniel, Hosea, these were great stewards. Guys, do you have or are you practicing the discipline of stewardship? And is it in things? Is it in God? Is it in people? Where do you need to discipline yourself? But there's a problem with stewardship. The biggest problem in stewardship is the fact that we normally assume that it means, therefore, that what God wants of us is to have as much of Him as possible. Let's have as much of God as possible. And then that flows to Him giving us everything as much as possible. I think most of us, if not all, always assume hey. then stewardship it means then if God is my father and he owns a cattle upon a thousand, then he wants me to have the a thousand cattle in the That's what we always run to. No wonder, you shall receive a thousand cattle. Hey, <laughs> So in the case of people, some of us, if not all, also assume that if God wants us to have all of Him, and then He gives us everything, then it means I must must have as many people in my life as possible. I need many friends in my life. That's, I think, the problem of stewardship. And I hope you're not there assuming that the god of heaven wants you to have everything and be a friend and lovely to everyone that is not stewardship let me explain there's a danger in having there's no danger in having too much of god matthew 22 34 38 says the following hearing that jesus had silenced the you see the pharisees got together one of them, an expert in the law, answered him with the question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. When it comes to stewardship, guys, it is okay to give God your all. It is okay to want too much of God. Because he's spirit. He's not flesh. God wants all of you. Or none of you. If you're giving him 5% of you, ah, things are thick. He wants all. So it is okay to desire all of Jehovah. That is stewardship. So do you desire all of him? Ama, do you just want God? Just guys. We are to love him with all our heart, our soul, our strength, our mind. Do you love him like that? Jesus taught the greatest single act you can do is want God with every fiber of being in us. From this flows our very life and will greatly empower the discipline of stewardship in you. Because you will have all of God. When we talked about surrender, this is what we mean. Are you fully surrendered to Him? Are you still having your way? Including some of the discipline of prayer helps with this. Like just going before the Lord and saying, Jehovah, this is what I want, this is what I desire, but not my will. But you has been done. I desire fifteen children, Jehovah. <laughs> but not my will. Only you has been done. What's your desire? Each one of us has a And you know it very well. Once are those ones that are off, you know very well. You know, ah, Jehovah, I want, I want, I want, I want. So if you want, if it does not align with God, if you're having your way, chances are you don't all—all all of God is not in you. You're not given Him all of your heart. I don't to do others. When we want others as much as possible, when we want things God gives as much as possible, there's a problem. God, you can have as much as possible. God wants all. You can have all of Him. He's actually given His whole spirit to you. So you can have him, but when it comes to people and things, there's a problem. Look at what the Bible says about having too much people in your life. Excuse me. Proverbs 18.24. I like the amplified version. The man of too many friends, let me say the woman as well of too many friends, in brackets, chosen indiscriminately will be broken in pieces and come to ruin but there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. Are you the one who seeks a million friends on Instagram? I'm a TikTok to prove that you are friendly. Are you the one who is always available for your friends every single moment of every single day? Or the so-called friends? Do you seek friendship with people more than you seek friendship with God? Where do you lie? David had many friends. But his number one was Jehovah. Is Jehovah your number one? Would you drop everything for Christ? If Christ called you, So now? Ha! That (laughs) Buddha can go home. Proverbs nineteen four. Wealth brings many new friends. The Bible says. But a poor man is deserted by his friend. The translation of these new friends is fake friends. Do you seek friendship with people more than you seek friendship with God? Where is your heart? Do you want too much of friendship with people? But your friendship with God, there's a problem. shida. Look at what the Bible says about seeking too much of things, riches, wealth. Ecclesiastes 2.26, I love this one. lakini I like it. Hata kidogo. Ecclesiastes 2.26, to the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom. knowledge, and happiness. Imagine that. To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth. To the sinner, God gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless. A chasing after the wind. What are you running after? Aya, ah, yeah. Psalm 73, 12. This is what the wicked are like. Psalm 73, 12. This is what the wicked are like. And then it goes, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Luke 12, 13 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. we jesus replied man who has appointed me a judge and an arbiter between you then he said to them watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed life does not exist in an abundance of possessions and he told them this parable: the ground was a sudden rich man needed an abundant harvest he thought to himself what shall i do i have no place to store my crops then he said this is what i'll do i'll tear down my barns and build big ones and there i will store my surplus grain and i'll say to myself you have plenty of grain later for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry buana, before Christmas. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you'll get what you're prepared for. Then who will get what you're prepared for yourself? These how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but it's not rich towards God. Let's get an eye on your story then. God is directing us to Him, not things. If things is your focus, you will have a miserable life. Miserable. I am mission, Luke 18, 18 to 30. I suddenly will asked good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus replied. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, steal, you shall not uh, give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these I have kept, the guy says, Since I was a boy. When Jesus hardly said to him, ah, but you lack one thing, sell everything you have and give to the poor, Ooh, and you love treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is, impossible, is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife, brother, sisters, parents, children, for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Guys, the mistake we make in stewardship is assuming that. Because I am okay with God. I am right with him. Let me amass riches and wealth. Ama, let me amass riches and wealth first. Then I will come to God. See, I am taking care of these finances very well. No wonder we admire the Kirubis. And the Jenga Karubis. But we forget that because we love the Lord, he commands we seek him first. Then he will add all these other things. He commands us not to worry about life because will never come to an end. Go to him first, commit everything of you, your heart, soul, mind, strength, everything. Commit to him. Because when you do, then I'll give all these other things to you. So the discipline of stewardship. Kind of helps us set our things in order. Like, hey, 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 hey. Where am I? Am I set in terms of my relationship with God? Is it 100%? Or am I giving you 10%? How, how do I love people? Do I love them as Christ loves the church? Do I love them as myself? How do I just want numbers? I want to be friendly to everyone. You know, I'm a how is the relationship with things? We talked the other day of we cannot serve both God and things, material things you can't serve both God and mama it will take your heart from you Guys check on your give, uh, discipline of stewardship check on it check on it daily I'm Apa, what am i focusing on i really want this friendship but why i really want this i tell you if god is your number one Excuse me. if god is number one number one he will add everything you learned it these are the things i was praying for five years ago kumbe he gives but in closing We can't leave just the stewardship, discipline, evil. When you start to figure out, especially in the place of things, there's a discipline right there that you must remember. That's the discipline of simplicity. This is the discipline of intentionally staying away from or shedding off the things of this world that are keeping you from fully experiencing the life God desires for you. Do you know what this, those things are? What is keeping you away from God? Is it people that we've talked about? You know, you know those guys? I told you about my best friend. To What he used to do. Kunipigia simu kusema. Ah, the lalays are here, bro. Kunja. Every single time. Sisa. You can't pay so much, pass. What do you mean? This is when I was a lost hidden God. Do you have that friend? That family member? Some is our folks. Is there things that are keeping you from God? That's where the discipline of simplicity comes in. What activities have you put above God? What priorities in life Have you put above God? Do you need to downsize on your possessions? Do you need to stop shopping for new? Do you need to stop shopping for new stuff every week? Do you need to stop eating? (laughs) Are you bored with the simple pleasures of life? What is daily distracting you from God? The discipline of simplicity is the discipline of intentionally staying away from or shedding off the things of this world that are keeping you from fully experiencing the life God desires for you. And if you are past 12 years old, you know exactly what that is. You know the good thing about the church. There's not much here that I'm telling you that is new. You know very well that God wants all of you. All. Not kidogo, all. All of you. And so all he's asking is to grow in discipline. Stewardship. Simplicity. Choose simplicity today. Choose. Shed of things. Shed of people. Me, these guys, I've told you, when skuzi because I know they're going to ask me. Ah, passini, will game tonight. Bro, I'm. Uh, I have a meeting with staff on Tuesday. Isn't hey. You know those guys who call you to let's go to Qatar. <laughs> this is where the gift of voluntary poverty comes in, and it is a gift, guys. These guys who have actually chosen, or oh, God has blessed some of us with a gift of voluntary poverty. This is a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to renounce material comfort and luxury and adopt a personal lifestyle equivalent to those living at the poverty level in a given society in order to serve God more effectively. That's a gift from God. Remember that Teresa. She's one of these. She got rid of all comfort but as a gift from God. She did force issues. I will stay with these words. Is God calling you to a place of simplicity? Here's a spiritual discipline of simplicity. Verse. Proverbs 37, 9 and close. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. Guys, I think God is just calling us to good stewardship. And in good stewardship, there is simplicity. Give God your all. Want all of Him, But don't want all of people of things. Because after your distraction from God, it answers. Give him all of you. And all these things to Nataka, he will give it to you. This is the time I prayed. He laptop. Laptop two. You know my finances. So one day, a colleague comes in with two MacBooks. Two of them. Because he this one needs simplicity in his life. <laughs> and then I go, what are you doing? Because you know, some of us, I need of a laptop. And he goes, no, uh, this one, I don't know what to do with it because I've just been given a new one, not an early pair. So he goes, I sell what do you mean, said? Let me think about it. He goes home, comes back the next day. Then he goes, OK, so I thought about what you said. Uh, do you have 5,000 shillings? I said, huh? what, what, yeah. You know those things here? I say again? Do you have 5,000? I love you. 5,000 shillings. I said, yes. Okay, she huh? go give now. Me, give me two minutes. So hey. I said, nice. No, so, yeah. Here it is. And then it goes higher, There you go like, huh? Guys, God will give you everything you need. One day, this will tell you the story of CDI. He, the story again. he gives. Seek him fast, And all these things. But give you sleepless night. He will give you. He has promised. That is why. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at True Bunny House, off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.